You are listening to the spookiest video game podcast in the world. This is the Saluki Gamescast for episode 59, October 27th, 2023. My name is Justin Young. Joining me as always are Mario Sanders and OJ Duncan. How are you all doing this very spooky Friday? I'm doing okay. It's been a fine-ish week. Nothing too exciting. <laughs> Has it been spooky for you? <laughs> No, but I avoid spooky. That's not really my vibe. <laughs> I'm very spooktacular, Justin. Thank you for asking. I am happy to hear that. <laughs> I'm happy you are having a spooktacular October. <laughs> that makes me be very, very happy. And Mario, meanwhile, makes me very sad. Yeah. Like avoiding spooky? Who does that? What kind of human being would intentionally avoid the spooky? Well, the Halloween Grinch. <laughs> oh that's a that's a film they should make <laughs> the halloween grinch the grinch likes setting in a very <clears throat> calm relaxed state at all times all the booze down in booville like halloween a lot <laughs> <laughs> they're all like booze from uh, super mario world <laughs> yes <laughs> oh and and we have mario Mm -hmm. That's there why Mario doesn't like the spooky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really yeah. doesn't like the booze. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, all right. Yeah, it is Friday. Obviously, uh, Halloween coming up very quickly on Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But why don't we just jump straight into what you've been playing? Um, Mario, why don't you start us off? What have you been playing? Yeah, so the two games that I played this week, uh, last well, last week for Friday... Uh, for our N64 group, we played the other James Bond game, uh, The World Is Not Enough. Um, and I think it might be, I think if people consider this a hot take because of the nostalgia for GoldenEye, mm -hmm. I think that game is better than GoldenEye is. At least the campaign. Maybe mm -hmm. people don't have nostalgia for the GoldenEye campaign the way they do for the multiplayer. Mm -hmm. But I think Twine is a more consistent game. While GoldenEye may have some higher highs, it also has significantly lower lows. And it's a it's a first person shooter. Yeah, it's like it, right? This isn't when they got into like all the car mm -hmm. levels. And no, this okay. is the only. I mean, it's still, but it's still a shooter. There's a you're on like skis and you're like skiing down, but you still have the first person. You're still mm -hmm. shooting and all that sort of stuff. As you're, it's just more of an auto scroller, kind of on rails. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, and it's one of those things that I think it, I can understand why it's more forgettable than GoldenEye. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also not made by Rare, so the music isn't as good either. But, uh, like I said, I think the levels are more consistent. There's less of a, a variance in terms mm -hmm. of how angry I'm getting. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the end of GoldenEye, those like last four levels, five levels are just mm -hmm. brutal. I, I think a lot of people, like GoldenEye is one of those games that I really believe people have not gone back and played. Mm -hmm. And so they really are viewing it from how did they feel about that game in what, 1996, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? Like that's how people still think about and talk about that game. And I get it because I'm guilty of this as well. Um, but I think when you, you're right, when you go back and you play that game, there's levels, um, I'm trying to think what that level is. The one where you're um, with all the like statues outside and everything, it's at night. Statue. Mm -hmm. Is that the yeah. statue? Okay. 
Mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking it was something <laughs> like that, and, but I was like, I'm going to get it wrong if I like venture an actual guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that level's just, it's almost impossible to figure mm-hmm. out your way through that level. And I know I'm saying that people are like, get good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, I went back and played that when they released it on, um, on modern systems, right? Mm-hmm. A, a couple, a year, two years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and when I got to that level, I was like, yeah, this level is a real pain. Like, it's really difficult to figure out where you're going, where you've been. And, like, yeah, you can kind of figure it out eventually, and then it seems simple. But, you know, that level and the jungle, like, several of those levels are really just, because of the muddy sort of graphics mm-hmm. of the N64, are really kind of a pain to get mm-hmm. through. And it's they're so dark. Like, right. there's, like, mm-hmm. multiple yeah. levels that are just so dark and make it so hard to see. And as you said... The Nintendo 64 doesn't help that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, so like I said, I don't, you know, I have better is maybe not accurate. I do think it's a more consistent game, though, where, yeah, there aren't any levels. There's, like, only maybe one, and it's the one where you have to fight the helicopter uh, in The World is Not Enough mm-hmm. that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> there's, there's new. It's like, yeah, it's the entire back half. Golden eye. Mm. <laughs> but I'm just like, let me play up to like this level and then we'll just call it good. I, I think one of the issues too with Golden Eye, part of those rose colored glasses, is that was a lot of people's first experience with a uh, multiplayer first person shooter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there, I think you're right when you say the multiplayer. That is what people remember. They remember setting on, I remember this. At my friend Kevin's house, sitting on the couch, eating <laughs> pizza, and playing that for hours on end, mm-hmm. right? And that was a fantastic experience, but there's no way to ever recapture that experience, sure, right? Like, because if you play that multiplayer now, you're like, this is, <laughs> you know, there's so much better multiplayer now out there to play in a game. And that was cool because at the time, it was the first time you could do that easily with friends yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely um so we played that and then the other game that i checked out this week is called driftwood i think it's called driftwood it's an early access and basically is this the sloth yeah this is the sloth and you are longboarding down different like mountain roads and that's all the game is the music is fantastic it controls mostly fine it's still buggy because it's an early access Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it's a fun, like mostly turn off your brain game. All you're doing is just mm. like turning with the road, and yeah, it's a it's a very like, huh? Okay, <laughs> so take a deep breath. Yeah, that game. I, I've seen that game, and it looks really cool. What were you playing this on? Steam. I bought it on Steam. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd seen um, it pop up and everything, and it looks really cool. I, I watched some video of it. it you know, um, it seems very chill for mm-hmm. the most part. I think, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of what you said about it. And I think the one thing that's really great about it is so I don't think I've played through all of the different maps, but while I think I've maybe played through five or six maps, each map has like multiple paths. Um, so, you know, mm-hmm. you've got like the main road. But then there's like this dirt road that you can take and this like sort of overpass walkway that you can take. And and so it it adds an element of of replayability to 
each level as well because each level has three goals Mm -hmm. or most levels have three goals associated with it. And it's like, you know, hit all of these things or go through all of this or do all of that. And so it's, um, some of them are like time-based get to the bottom in less than two minutes or less than three minutes. And, um, so those different paths allow you to explore different parts of the area. And then the other excellent part of the game is as you travel from like map to map, Mm -hmm. you go into this overworld where you're driving this like old school VW bus, which just feels appropriate for somebody who would be like bombing this like on a longboard down <laughs> this like mountain hit mount like this country mountain road type of thing. It happens to be a sloth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very satisfying game. I think it it's on sale until the end of the month, or at least that's what I saw on Steam. I think the the sale ends on. The first, I don't remember how much it was. I don't feel like it was more than like $15 though. Okay. And that might've been, the $15 might've been the regular, but yeah, I'd say it's, it's like I said, definitely still buggy. There are absolutely times where you'll get some air and I don't think the game wants you to get air because when you land, you just go like right through, <laughs> right through the ground and, and like That's fall a pretty forever. big bug. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I said, there's definitely like, but it sounds like they are, are certainly still working on it. They, uh, I was watching a, a friend play it, and he was saying, or somebody else was saying, that they have a hope of creating like a multiplayer, where it'd be like a, I assume would be a race, or that'd be cool to just have like a casual um, going down the mountain side by side. There's, uh, I don't know how famous it is. It was, it was famous for me and my cousin. <laughs> um, video of these two guys in Berkeley. They were called the blue suit bombers and they were just like going down this hill and like passing the camera back and forth as they're longboarding down, you know, the, like the Oakland Berkeley Hills. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, so even if it was just that, like it's not even a race or like combat racing, it's just like you and a bud <laughs> going down this mountain road together, I think would be very satisfying. So you're telling me there are multiple paths to this game and there are multiple uh, goals for each level. So it sounds like the ultimate combination of Beetle Adventure Racing and GoldenEye. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> this game is much more relaxing than either of those two games are. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I was really relaxed playing <laughs> Beetle Adventure Racing. It's a pretty chill racing game. Um. All right, so uh, Driftwood and The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. Okay. Um, OJ? Uh, so I haven't really been playing that much this week either. Uh, I've been watching a lot of people play Super Mario Brothers Wonder, but I, I'm going to let you talk about that. Um, have you guys, did you guys pick up ca- the Connections game by chance at all? I I looked at it. Like I said, mm-hmm. I've, I've been familiar with, mm-hmm. with the game, but I actually looked at it on... Mm-hmm. Um, the New York Times site. I downloaded the Snell game. Oh, okay. How are you liking it? Um, I, I haven't played a ton of it so uh-huh. far. Like what I've played of it so far seems like fun for yeah. like a phone game. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, like, and I feel like phone games for me at least. Uh-huh. I have to play a lot of them for them to really sink their claws into yeah. me, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right? Like so, um, you know, Marvel Snap. 
like the first time I played that game, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this. But like the more I played it, the mm-hmm. more I kind of got into that game. Mm-hmm. So um, I I hope to spend some more time with it, mm-hmm. like when I just have some free time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good little time waster. And then once you get settled in it, you can check once or twice a day for a little bit and get your stuff done. And yeah, I really like it. I'm actually, I, I, I was thinking today that I'm going to go back to Marvel Snap a little bit, I think. I uh, start playing that a lot more. I, I still have that installed. I still mm-hmm. play it, not as much as I did mm-hmm. like when it first came out, um, when we were all kind of really into it <laughs> <Yeah>. for a while. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I've said this before, that game has, the meta of that game has kind of spoiled it a little bit for me. The fact that like you play it and it's very clear that there are people who have um, watched YouTube videos of this is the correct way to (laughs) play a hand. And like, if they do not get those cards dealt in the way that they want them, they'll like quit from a a match. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it becomes very like sort of rote, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when that game first launched, it was a whole lot of, almost like a chess match of figuring yeah. out where now it seems almost on autopilot oh. against a lot of people. Okay. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, th- th- that's my experience. At least as you get into the upper levels, the lower levels um, are still very much. So every time it resets for a new season, those are fantastic mm-hmm. still because those people are still like new to the game and they're not mm-hmm. playing it that way. Yeah. It makes okay. it fun with yeah. them. Do you have any experience either of you with magic, the gathering? I do not. Okay. I was going to say, is it sort of reached that point where it's been out long enough where it's like a tier list and like mm-hmm. this are like the, these are the competitive decks and this is the one like if you're trying to really compete for anything, you kind of have to be running one of these like four or five decks. Otherwise you got to get incredibly lucky. Does it feel, feel like, like that? Yeah. I mean, it very much feels to me like, okay, I watched this video on YouTube that says if you play these cards in this order with these locations that it will be, you know, you'll get this um, um, this sort of string of, you know, bonuses and everything mm. off of it and that that is the way to win. Mm. And I, I would even wager, and I have not looked this up so, like, yeah, I'm not just trying to complain. I don't care if I win at that game. I win enough. I probably <laughs> sure. win like half the games I play, which mm-hmm. is fine by me because yeah. it's really there for a time waster. Um, but I, I would wager that there is somewhere a web page you can go to and enter the cards that you have, mm-hmm. and it will tell you what you should play mm-hmm. and what order mm-hmm. because that's what it feels like when I'm playing against some people. Mm-hmm. Like they're the time they take to play their next card and everything, it feels like they are looking up, like, what mm. do I do next? Mm. And yeah. to me, that's that's not fun. Yeah, sure. Right? Like, um, And so that when I say the meta of the game, that's what I'm referring to with it. So, yeah, I think that's probably what you're talking about with Magic the Gathering. I just have no experience with that. So yeah, it's maybe a little different in the sense of, this sounds like there's a very particular sequencing of cards mm-hmm. that you would also need to do. Whereas, I mean, there's there's certainly ideal sequencing, but right. um, maybe maybe not even to to that extent. And in, mm-hmm. in Magic, there's a little more variance because okay. the decks are a lot small. Uh, the decks in Snap are how many cards are in those? 
you can have up to seven cards in your hand, uh-huh. but like the deck you build is, I don't remember. Okay, I would have to look. Yeah, yeah it's 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 much smaller than Magic, yeah. and in like the constructed formats, um, Magic the Gathering decks are sixty cards. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is like, much smaller than that. Uh, and you the the most you can run is unless it, the cards is otherwise is four copies of a card. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot more variance. I know I just saw something the other day that um, they tried to run magic through like an ai mm. prediction thing like to be able to predict the outcome of games and it like could not do it mm-hmm. you know, yeah. they've, they've talked a lot of, i mean about like the complexity of of magic um but like i said i didn't know if if in terms of like what that when you say the meta of of snap just that's the reference mm-hmm. that i have because i've never yeah. played snap so trying to put it into that understanding i i mean my understanding is and just like from what I've seen of Magic the Gathering, is that this is a much more simplified card sure. game. Yeah. And it was meant more, to be. Yeah, yeah, much more stripped down. Mm-hmm. This is meant for people like me who mm-hmm. don't play card games. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, I think the trade-off with that is, yeah, it, it's become very much, this is how it feels playing it, mm-hmm. that there are certain sequences and that when people start a hand, they're just setting out to play that sequence of cards, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're not... They're not um, you know, they're not sort of winging it as they go. Sure. And that's fine. Like, I get, like, that's the way you you have to play mm-hmm. to, like, you know, be top tier. But it also takes a lot of the fun out of the game. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, it takes the chess mechanic out of it. And mm-hmm. it sort of becomes of, uh, well, I have it written down here, which cards I need to play in which order. And it's like, okay, well, mm-hmm. like, cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Do they do... Uh, when they change seasons, is there like a pool of cards that you can pick from, or is it just like every card that's been released you can put in? You could put any combination of any card in your deck, or is it like yeah. here's this pool of a hundred cards that you have to no, pick from? It, okay, there any cards? Uh, sometimes there are incentives because there's like okay. challenges for you to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes those incentives will be like, um, have this card in your deck and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But, um, no, there's, it's, it's wide open, which okay. cards. So again, right. Like you end up with people who have figured out this is the best deck mm-hmm. and they're just going to run that all the time. Sure. So there's not, there's less incentive to vary up your strategy mm-hmm. or to even just explore. Right. Right. Like if you're trying to play at that high of a level, there's not much chance to like, let me try out this new thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So there are some challenges that encourage that. So there'll be ones that like, you know, discard 15 cards from okay. your deck. And mm-hmm. so you have to have a card whose special ability is to discard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by and large, that incentive is not there. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so. Yeah, I've, anyways, I've, I've watched uh, some friend, uh, one friend in particular, he plays it a lot. Uh, and, you know, watching somebody play a game, especially like that, even if it is meant to be very simple, you're like, I have no idea what's going on. But, <laughs> yeah. um, They're really yeah. good at onboarding you mm-hmm. to the game. Like, there's a tutorial in the game and everything. And, again, as somebody who doesn't play those card games, I mean, I've played, you know, some card games at some point. But sure. I've never really gotten into them. Um, this one was super simple to get into. Um, I mean, because, you know, once you learn the basics, it's really just 
you know, learning what each new card does mm-hmm. and they have it spelled out on mm-hmm. it. It's not like it, this is, this isn't Dota where you need to memorize what the <laughs> uh, pros and cons of each character are or anything like that. So sorry, OJ, we completely oh, <laughs> didn't go off to you talking. Uh, it's fine. Cause I, I haven't been playing much anyway. So I, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so connections, uh, I was, uh, it's been pretty rough this past week. <laughs> I think I got uh, two out of the past uh, seven of them. And Wordle, I missed a couple too, which I'm usually really, really good at Wordle. So uh, it's been rough. Yeah, you talking about it made me go back and, you know, start playing uh-huh. all those. And I started going back to the Wordle. And I was like, I feel like I had, you know, similar to like a, there's a very clear pathway of like, uh-huh. I know the three words yeah. that I'm starting <laughs> with every single time. Yeah. You know, and then they got to the point where like, I don't want to min max wordle. Yeah. <laughs> right. and, but uh So yeah. yeah, so so for me the the way that I don't do that is <laughs> if I get a correct letter, I have to keep it there. Okay. Um, so I don't let, I don't let myself try different words just sure. to figure out which letters are just in there. Fifteen different letters in your yeah. First words, yeah. <laughs> that was actually like a rule you could turn on at one point in Wordle. Oh, so you could actually okay. like where the letters were locked in and you uh-huh. couldn't move them around or anything. Try different words. Um, it was like a hardcore mode uh-huh. at one point. And that okay. was before New York Times bought mm-hmm. them and they implemented. Okay, that. okay. So I don't know that's if that's still in there or not. It might I be. I'd never. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's another version of it. I forget what it's called, but it's basically Wordle, but you have to like reverse engineer it. So it gives you the final word, uh-huh. and it, and then you have to like accurately put in words that like somebody might have guessed to get to this point. Uh-huh. So it's like the line above it, it shows you like, here's two green, green letters. So, you know, the word has Mm -hmm. to have those two. And then Uh here's a yellow one or whatever. So you have to like, but then if, if a letter is wrong, you can't use it again. Uh And so it's, it's a, it's Mm -hmm. an interesting also sort of variation of, of it. If I can find the name of it, I'll Mm -hmm. show it to you because I think it, it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Sounds hard. Yeah. The, the craziest one I ever saw was one where you, um, you were guessing words by how semantically close they were to oh, remember that one, one another. <laughs> yeah, because I think I sent it to yeah. all of you at the time. And it would be like, so you'd start off guessing uh, bird, and you'd get a score, and it would tell you like, oh, you have a two out of a hundred. And so mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, cat. And it would be like, oh, you went up to a seven. And you're like, okay, so cat is closer to the final word. Um, so w- what do I associate with cat? Like, uh, yarn, dog, uh, scratch, mm-hmm. like, you know, all this sort of stuff. And you had to figure it out that way. Mm-hmm. And that game was so hard. Mm-hmm. Like that game just melted your brain. Playing yeah. It. Yeah, I think I saw that one. I, I, semantical might've been I the think name that of sounds it. right. Yeah. All the wordle variations yeah. that came out. <laughs> yeah. I showed Alicia, there was one called Squirtle. Mm-hmm. Where it was just guessing Pokemon, and so it was like, the <laughs> I thought it was going to be Squirtle is the answer. Every time. <laughs> that would also be very funny, but it was just like, so you guess a Pokemon and be like, the type, you know, so it'd give you like the five categories, where like the generation, if you had that right, the first mm-hmm. and the second typing, the height and the weight. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first three, I was like, okay, like I can do something. And then the mm-hmm. height and the way, I'm like, all right, no, I have no idea how tall Pikachu yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, 
The other He's one. He's as tall as Mario in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one that I think is also really good. Sorry, OJ, to completely take over no, your no. conversation again. Was called Myrtle. And it was basically like a whodunit type of thing. So you got this list of clues of like, basically the game Clue. Mm-hmm. was like, mm-hmm. Mr. Green was not in the kitchen or, you know, mm-hmm. so you, and so you like have this cross board that you're checking mm-hmm. off. Well, to ultimately. Those are just those logic puzzles. That's also, yeah. that's all it really was, but it, <laughs> yeah. it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, those logic puzzles, we used to have to do those in school. And mm-hmm. it was like the one thing where you were like, actually I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. let the teacher know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Again, sorry, OJ. <laughs> that's okay. There's a, so there's also one where it was eight. Well, there was a four and then eight words at once that you were trying to figure out. Yeah. Uh, that was very difficult too because you got more than five chances with it, but it was it was low like seven or eight chances or something and eight words. So it was so like you put in the one word and it would fill all of them in and tell you oh, with all of yes, them. Yes, yes, yeah. So it was that one was rough. Um, yeah. So that's all I have uh, for this week. Okay. Um, let's see. So I, I haven't really played anything uh, new other than Super Mario Brothers Wonder, which I talked about last week. Um, I played more of this. Um, <laughs> this is a game that's sort of difficult to talk about without spoiling it <laughs> because the spoilers of this game are not the story. It is literally the gameplay is the spoilers of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, like, when you talk about spoiling something, it's the Wonder Seed effects. Mm-hmm. That is spoiling this game. Mm-hmm. If you tell somebody, here's all the Wonder effects, you've ruined a huge part of the fun and joy and surprise mm-hmm. of this game. Mm-hmm. So I want to be really careful not to talk <laughs> about those um, in case somebody did not hear last week. So the wonder seeds just real quick, and these are very early things that happen. So I don't think I'm spoiling too much um, in each level. There is a wonder seed. If you collect that wonder seed, it is going to transform the level in some way. And so the very first level, the one that they've shown in all the trailers and everything, you collect the Wonder Seed and the pipes sort of come alive like uh, snakes or worms and they start crawling across the level and everything. And then there's additional ones where like there will be a, a, you know, a rush of bulls and everything that come running through the level and you run along the top of them like in uh, Sunset Riders. And I am uh, sharing those two because those are the first two levels and those are in the trailers. <laughs> and so I don't feel like I'm spoiling too much. I would say if you're interested in playing this game, don't watch a lot of those because mm-hmm. those go in like wild, interesting places <laughs> that you don't expect a Mario game to play with and um, that fundamentally change the way that you're playing the game and that's really cool because that's really um, adventurous of Nintendo mm-hmm. to do that with mm-hmm. Mario. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, last week we talked about new Super Mario Brothers as a series. This is what makes it so different, right? Like we talked about that series being very sterile and everything. Um, and part of that has to do with the presentation and the graphics and the animation and the sound. But part of it is, is this, right? Like what, the great Mario games have always had is that level of experimentation, Mm -hmm. right? So we get super Mario brothers one, and then we get super Mario brothers two in the U S at least, which is this wildly different game. Mm -hmm. And then we get part three, which kind of goes back to the style of the first game, 
but you know the levels are wildly different. You have the what's it, World Seven, where everything's gigantic, and um, you know you get the Tanuki suit that lets you fly and everything, and then you get Super Mario World, where you have this overworld map, and you have the secret uh, exits to levels, and you get mm-hmm. the um, you know, you get the flying suit and you get the star world for the first time, all this sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, you get Mario 64 and each game is just like playing with how you play the game. Mm-hmm. And if there was anything wrong with the new Super Mario Brothers series, it was they made four games in that and they all played exactly alike. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. not, there was some experimentation there with some of the levels, but it really felt kind of stale by the end of that series. Even though those weren't bad games, you know, New Super Mario Brothers U is a, a pretty decent game, but it, it felt very stale. This feels uh, as sort of experimental and playful with the mechanics as uh, Mario Odyssey did, mm-hmm. right? And like the first time I played Mario Odyssey, and you're like, you see the T Rex, and you're like, Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I could throw my hat on the T-Rex? And then you do, and it lets you. <laughs> you're, like, yeah. stomping around a level as a T-Rex, and you're like, this is cool. How cool is, you know, Mario? And um, and that the fact that they're doing this with a game. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like that in a 2D game. And so that's really, like, the, the thing to spoil in this game. So I, I don't want to talk too much about that other than to say um, – that inventiveness, that cleverness, like you see it in the first few levels and then you think, okay, like to go back when they showed trailers for this, I kept thinking there's going to be like five or six of these wonder effects, mm-hmm. right? Because they just showed a few of them. And so you were like, okay, well, there'll be, you know, a few of these and then you're, you're going to have a few new like, uh, you know, uh, suits that you get. So like, you know, they showed that with the bubble suit and the elephant suit and all that. Um, and I thought, okay, well that, that's clever. That's new and different. That'll be fun. No, no. (laughs) Every single level, there's something new with the wonder seed. That's really cool. And like that inventiveness, that cleverness, just, it keeps up. And I would say it even, as you progress in some ways ramps up, um, but then there's other things that they do. That's really crazy in this game where you're like, this is not what I expected them to do. So Mm -hmm. like there's a level um, not too long into the game and I'm not going to describe it in detail, but like you go down a pipe and you go into like, you know, the sub level and everything and you're running around and you see a coin on the other side of this pipe. There's no way for you to reach it. And you're kind of like, well, there's a hole in the ceiling there. So, like, there's got to be a way that I can get up on top and fall down into this hole and everything. And you're running around. You're, like, looking for some sort of, like, secret uh, block or something that you need to hit. And you just cannot figure it out. I could not figure it out. Um, And then so you go back up into the overworld and you're running along and you're like, oh, here's another pipe. And there's a big hole right next to it. Mm-hmm. So I have to fall down in that hole mm-hmm. from the overworld to fall into the underworld to get where that coin is. Oh. Mm. Um, so, you know, I haven't seen Mario do something mm-hmm. like that since Super Mario Brothers 2. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Um, and, you know, if you remember some Mario Brothers 2, there's that level where you start off on a waterfall and you have to fall down the waterfall mm-hmm. into the pit. And yeah. then, so the way we originally discovered this, I think I've talked about this on this podcast before, but the way we originally discovered this is uh, my cousin and me were playing it and uh, we were, we had to go somewhere and my sister was standing there and she didn't really play a whole lot. She was a little older than us. And uh, we said, oh, we have to quit. And we said, here, do you want to play? And she said, I'm just going to kill you. And she jumped down the hole. And we were like, holy cow. (laughs) No, no, we've got to play now. You just found this huge new secret. And that sort of discovery, right? Like I I talk about that when when I teach video games. I talk about that moment of discovery and like how cool that was in a game. Mm -hmm. And how that makes you rethink the way that you play video games. Um. And this game is doing that. Cool. And that's not what I expected from a 2D Mario game <laughs> in, you know, 2023. Mm-hmm. Like the um, the new Super Mario Brothers games had kind of beat that out of me <laughs> and thinking that we might see that. So that's incredibly cool that they're doing stuff like that. And the fact that they made a new 2D Mario game that is both uh, – surprising me all the way through playing it but also like bringing those little moments of joy where you go ah, that's amazing <laughs> yeah. that, that makes me happy that they did that and mario odyssey i picked as my game of the year that year over um zelda uh, breath of the wild and maybe not the most popular <laughs> choice to do that but one of the reasons i really love that mario odyssey game is all the way through that game there are those moments of joy mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, the most famous one is uh, where you're in New Donk City and they're having the uh, music festival and everything. And when you get to that point in the game, at least for me, I was just like, this is the best thing ever. Like, yeah. way to go, <laughs> Nintendo. Like, y- yeah. I'm, you, you, all your screw ups are okay. <laughs> you wiped your slate clean. Because yeah. this is such a great moment. It brings such pure joy to me. Um, and, you know, uh, I would say also the, like, very end of that game on the moon, um, mm-hmm. and I won't spoil that, but, um, you know, there are parts of that that just bring pure joy to me. And I'm like, this is great, Nintendo. You're really having fun with this. Mm-hmm. And that's the way this game feels. Um, and it, it elicits that same sort of response, and I'm just like, I, I knew this game would be good. It's a Nintendo Mario game. Even the new Super Mario Bros. games are good. This game has shocked me with how good it is. And that seems crazy to think that Nintendo could shock you still with a Mario game. Mm -hmm. But just to put this in a little broader context, I shouldn't be shocked because they just did this like four months ago with Zelda. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, hey, we're making a Zelda that's going to be set in the exact same Mm -hmm. world. And, yeah, we're going to have like a a gimmick in Mm -hmm. here. And then you play that game and you're like, oh my God, like this is like so much more than I ever expected. Mm-hmm. And there's constant moments of surprise and joy that that game brought to me mm-hmm. playing it. And they've done it again with this. And, you know, it's kind of funny. The, the Switch, its first year launched with Zelda and Mario. Mm-hmm. And here we are in what most people expect mm-hmm. to be its final full year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Switch 2 coming out sometime next year, probably next fall sometime. Um, and they've done it again 
with a new Mario and Zelda. And they're both fantastic, and they're both not what you expected. Like, nobody expected Zelda to have, uh, you know, uh, nuts and bolts uh, comparisons to it, <laughs> right? Or you're building a, a go-kart <laughs> in a Zelda game. Like, yeah. nobody expected that. And here they've done it with a 2D Zelda game where mm-hmm. nobody expected them to make the best 2D Mario game since Super Mario World. Mm-hmm. And that's just such an amazing achievement mm-hmm. um, to think about. And again, even more to the point, what are we year seven, year eight of the switch? Mm-hmm. And here they are that making right. not just two great games, but arguably two of the best games that they have ever made in their entire like mm-hmm. lifespan as a company. Um, and the other thing I would, I think there's an interesting comparison here to what Nintendo did with the NES. We On the NES, we got Zelda 1 and Mario 1. Then they made Zelda 2 and Mario 2, and they're just these wild sort of divergence mm-hmm. from that original uh, formula. And they kind of did that here with these, right? Like, mm-hmm. we're going to follow up one of the best Mario games ever with a very different style of Mario game, but it's going to be equally as like great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going to take, you know, not just one of the best Zelda games ever, but what many people argue is one of the best video games ever made, period. And we're going to innovate on that in a way that just makes you go, this is not what I expected of a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. It's somehow even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to see Nintendo um, being that creative and playing with their major franchises in that way, mm-hmm. with that level of confidence, right? Because... As a big company, that's kind of got to be scary. Like, this is your bread and butter. This is the game that you can be sure is going to sell 10 million plus copies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not doing this with Pokemon, right? And mm-hmm. like, even Alicia <laughs> will say that's been kind of part of the problem with Pokemon, right? Sure. Like, they're not innovating uh, at, in the same rate as they have uh, in the past. They're doing that with Mario and Zelda and like Bravo to Nintendo. Mm-hmm in a year that may be the best year in history for video games, mm-hmm. Nintendo may be having the best year of all. And mm-hmm. that's amazing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, you know, seven, eight years into the lifespan of the switch. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, so I've been, I've been watching a lot of people playing. Um, and I think I, uh, what I've seen, I've enjoyed so much that I think I'm going to go without eating for a little bit to buy the game because I don't have the money for it, but I really want to play it. But the, the, the thing is, too, is that it's not an easy game. Um, like, you can pick it up and play, and they have the easy mode with the Yoshis and the Norbit, is it, I think? Nabbit. 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 Yeah. Um, but it's there's challenging parts to it. And I keep on seeing people get stuck on the same challenges on the same levels, too. Um, and, and so I haven't seen that many levels because people that I'm watching are getting stuck on the same thing, even, like, really seasoned Mario gamers. Mm-hmm. Are getting stuck on the same. Oh, I, I don't want to say stuck, but like they're they're having a challenge. It's not like they're walking through the game. Sure, easy. Um, and I appreciate that too, and that you can alleviate that if you play other characters. Like you have a choice to do that. Um, so that's something that I don't know if there's like a, a, a badge or anything for not using Yoshi's or the nor the Nabbit, but um, like I I like knowing that hey I just can't get past this level, but I'm just gonna pick Yoshi or Nabbit and get through mm-hmm. it. 
They've, they've done that in some of the recent games with, like, uh, the Golden P-Wings, mm-hmm. which basically allow you to fly over the entire level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, like, I know this is the sort of thing that people online lose their mm-hmm. minds over, and yeah. they're like, you know, get good. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, you know, these are games designed for families to play, mm-hmm. right? Like, and... A Mario game should not be so hard that people are giving up in frustration. Mm-hmm. Like, what is the value in that? Right. Like, because then you're not seeing those later levels. You're not mm-hmm. getting to see like the other wonder seeds. Like, I'm I'm fine with it being challenging. I, I would say so far it's been, you know, again as somebody who's played a lot of video games and um, is certainly not as good as I was when I was like twelve <laughs> playing video yeah. games. Um, so far, it hasn't been super difficult, uh, but there are different levels of challenges for different levels. Mm-hmm. They are ranked, so you get like one to five star ratings mm-hmm. for levels, telling you like how difficult it is. Um, and I would say, yeah, there's certainly uh, different levels of challenge mm-hmm. to some of those levels, and you can skip a lot of the levels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at least to get through to the end of the game, you do not have to play every single mm-hmm. level. Right. Um, you know, you, you have to collect these wonder seeds that you're collecting through the levels and you are getting more than enough of those just playing through the like, sort of mainline levels. Mm-hmm. Like I always have more than enough when I get to the checkpoints mm-hmm. to get past them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, though, that it, it's not a complete cakewalk. And mm-hmm. I think Nintendo has been guilty of that at times with some of their games and making mm-hmm. them too easy. Yeah. And the level of challenge that you expect in a sort of old-school Mario game is there. But those old-school Mario games were also, you know, like most people could at least get to the end of Super Mario Brothers, even mm-hmm. if they couldn't beat it, right? Yeah. Mario 2, Mario 3, you might mm-hmm. struggle in the last world, but, like, you could at least get there mm-hmm. for most people. And I, I think this game's the same way. Yeah. People aren't going to struggle to get to the end, but they might struggle there at the end mm-hmm. with some of the challenge. And I think that's fine. That's yeah. keeping with what these games have always been. Mm-hmm. So, yes, uh, enthusiastic <laughs> thumbs up to Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Um, I, I'm not done with it yet, um, and that's mostly because I just haven't had time, but like I am really loving this game quite a bit, and um, I had expected to start Spider-Man 2 this week, and oh, yeah. Mario Wonder has kept me away from it. <laughs> it is wild how many Game of the Year-style games have come out, or like games that are of that quality, it seems yeah. like. you know, It's not just, oh, these are big releases, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's been a lot of big releases, and not many of them have really flopped. You know, mm-hmm. you sometimes you have the big release and it ends up like not coming together. I'm sure there have been, have been mm-hmm. that, but like the highly, highly anticipated ones, mm-hmm. I just, I can't really think of one that has really been. Gollum? Yeah, but I mean like, <laughs> okay, sure. But, uh, Maybe uh, Starfield, but like, mm-hmm. I think for the people who really like Starfield, they really like it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, so... No, I mean, you're absolutely right, because we got uh, Mario and Spider-Man last week. We are getting Alan Wake 2 this week, and you know that was a game that I think a lot of people were unsure of, and the early reviews of that have been you know, 5 out of 5s, 10s, like very high 
ratings. That's what I was just about to say. From from everything I've seen, Alan Wake Two is another one of those like legit contenders. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago. Um, you know, Alicia was like, "What even came out in January?" And you're talking about Hi-Fi Rush, and it's right. just like there are a lot of those like second or third tier games mm-hmm. that have been just as good. I know I know there are people who legit feel like Lies of P should be game right. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I've heard that as well. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just like you know these games that seemingly came out of nowhere as mm-hmm. well. It's not just the ones that we've been waiting for. You know, like Tears of the Kingdom, we've been waiting mm-hmm. on that one for years, or people have been waiting on Starfield for years. It's it's games that like nobody had any idea yeah. these were even going to come until they until they came. So um, I, yeah. I, I'm wondering if the pandemic might have had something to do with that because a lot of people there wasn't a whole lot they could do except for like just sit home and think of awesome game ideas and awesome game mechanics uh, to put in. For, so maybe not the the big AAA games because those were probably in development way beforehand, mm-hmm. but some of the smaller games uh, too, the smaller companies who can put them together faster. Yeah, and I and I mean. I hope I say this as a good as a good thing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it just also gave more time for people to like really like sit and master these things. And I know mm-hmm. before, like every single direct, there was the COVID sort of statement of like due, due to the pandemic. Uh-huh. You know, some of these games may get delayed or mm-hmm. games that you've seen. You know, dates mm-hmm. might not be accurate. And it's like, you know, I know that again, the the game industry is not been known for mm-hmm. treating its workers very well right. but you know i i hope that that it gave it gave some of the gave that time for like some of those ideas to mm-hmm. marinate and for them to like really give it like a nuanced mm-hmm. look over yeah. I, I think we've talked about this or at least briefly touched on it before but yeah i mean i think one of the things that you see this year particularly is a lot of games that have had that extra time, right? Mm-hmm. Like we know that Zelda, they have come out and publicly stated Zelda was done last year mm-hmm. and they basically used an extra year to polish that game up mm-hmm. and it shows, Yeah, right? That game could have been a buggy mess with like the mechanics <laughs> that are in it. Yeah. And it, and the fact that it's not right mm-hmm. as much of a mess as it should be, because when you play that game, you're like, this should be breaking left yeah. and right. <laughs> as particularly running on a Switch. Sure. Right. And it doesn't is a real testament to like how much that extra time benefited uh-huh. that game. And it feels like a super polished game in a way that a lot of games in recent memory haven't. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily from Nintendo, but from uh, you know, generally uh, publishers. But like it's not just Nintendo, it's Baldur's Gate 3. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, like that's a game that spent several years in early access, and you know, it, and it comes out, and nobody was expecting that game to be uh, a game of the year contender. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, like Baldur's Gate fans were excited about it, but nobody was expecting that game <laughs> to go as mainstream as it had, mm-hmm. as it has. Liza P, right? That's a game that had a really cool trailer. And I think most people thought, well, it's got a cool trailer, and then it's going to be a Dark Souls knockoff, and um, it's got a goofy story or goofy yeah. sort of concept. Yeah, no, Pinocchio, not goofy. Sure, true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, and I don't think a lot of people expect it. And that game is actually kind of flying under the radar, sure, and because people just don't have time. Yeah, you know, like I mm-hmm. haven't played that game yet. Because I just don't have the time yeah. for it. And same thing, I think it was maybe last week or two weeks ago. Well, it was, it was whenever Christina was on talking about Diablo 4. And I know you had right. mentioned it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't really heard much about it since it, 
mm-hmm. came out, you know, and it's just like, and Diablo is one of those like mm-hmm. high end franchises. Again, people have been waiting a long time for yep, right. Diablo four. And I think you see, you see it on the other side of games that don't have that time. I know it was earlier this week. Um, I saw that the, whatever the name of the game, Skull Island Rise mm-hmm. of Kong developer said they only had a year. Right. That's all they had was a year. And and like, I don't know what it takes to make a video game, but like to even make that in a year, like that seems like an achievement, <laughs> even if the game isn't good. Like games aren't made in a year ex- anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like, to, to even just get it to that point. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is very, I think it's, it's an exciting time to be a fan of playing games or just mm-hmm. a fan of watching games. I mean, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think you bring up an interesting point about headed into game of the year, right? Like which games are going to make that short list yeah. as nominations, as consideration for game of the year. And, you know, I think we talked about this last year when we were putting together our, our top 10 list and our individual list and all that and going through that. Um, but I think this has been a conversation going on in the game industry for a while. What is the value of game of the year? Right? Like, naming Zelda or Spider-Man game of the year is like, is cool, right? Like it's, it's that sort of acknowledgement of achievement or anything. Mm -hmm. That's cool. But once you get past that game, does it really help to name Mario wonder, Mm -hmm. you know, like your number five game of the year, Mm -hmm. or is it much more useful to name Liza P or Mm -hmm. hi-fi rush? Like one of these lesser known games and like maybe using that as an opportunity to spotlight those games. Mm-hmm. Because back in January, when I was playing Hi-Fi Rush, I was like, this is on my top 10 of the year list. Mm-hmm. Like this game is that good and I'm enjoying it that much. And now we're in the end of October and I'm looking and going, I don't know if Hi-Fi Rush makes my top 10 of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And not because it's a bad game, just because there's that many good games uh-huh. that have come out this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it has just been squeezed off of that list. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a problem we've had in the last few years, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Like every game coming out being a banger, right? Like mm-hmm. um, Street Fighter Six and Mortal Kombat 1. Mm-hmm. Both of those games probably aren't going to make top 10 of the year list. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes... Which one do you pick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Because, like, those are two fantastic fighting games. Like, I haven't played Mortal Kombat 1, but everyone who has has, you know, praised it for the most part. Um, and, you know, Liza P, where does that fit in? Diablo 4, do you cut Diablo 4 in favor of uh, Baldur's Gate 3? Because, like, you only want to have one, like, computer role-playing game on that <laughs> list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I think... Compared to last year, where last year it felt like it's either going to be God of War or Elden Ring. That is just going to dominate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And understandably, I mean, both of those were phenomenal Mm -hmm. games, like feats in the industry. But then I think, you know, and, you know, two years ago, you know, and take what you will of like the actual, like Jeff Keighley's Game Awards thing, but like it takes two winning game of the year over, I don't know what else was nominated, but like over a, a number of different things that like, that to me, and I think this is sort of what you're getting at, is a lot more exciting. <laughs> it would be it would be a lot more exciting to see Lies of P win mm-hmm. Game of the Year or Hi-Fi Rush win Game yeah. of the Year. I, I know probably neither of those are going to happen, but like to see something like that win it, 
is all yeah it's it's mm-hmm. exciting i remember i think it was it was 2018 and 2018 was another one of those stacked years mm-hmm. for games but even just to see like celeste get nominated sure. as game of the mm-hmm. year yeah um deservedly so um and that mattered a lot to that game that mm-hmm. put a yeah. spotlight on that game absolutely. for a whole lot mm-hmm. of people absolutely yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think one of the things when we look at the biggest games that's different this year is it's a lot of big AAA games mm-hmm. that are hitting, right? Like, it is your Nintendo properties. Like, there's so many big Nintendo properties hitting this year that Pikmin 4 <laughs> is getting kind of lost in the shuffle. <laughs> and that's an extremely mm-hmm. good game mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, and... Past years, something like the Resident Evil remake might have mm-hmm. made top 10 list. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to put that game on the top 10 yes. over something like mm-hmm. Liza P. That's this original yeah. new property. Yeah. Um, it's wild to think that the Resident Evil 4 remake came out this year. Like, this yeah. is another <laughs> game that came out this year. Yeah, I mean, and so, like, I, I think, you know, you start to think about what's going to be at the top of top 10 list this year. And last mm-hmm. year... You know, I had several small indie games mm-hmm. in my top 10. You know, there was things like Stray, but also like Arcade Paradise and like mm-hmm. these other games. Um, you know, Vampire Survivors was mm-hmm. our number one game yeah. of the year yeah. last year. But like in a year like this one, even if Vampire Survivors came out this year, can it compete with Triple mm-hmm. A Spider Man 2? Triple mm-hmm. A. Mario Wonder, Triple A, you know, like these big games hitting. Well, I think the one that we've talked about most, I, I still have not played it, you know, and I don't know if it's quite that level, but like, where would you put Sea of Stars? Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, yeah. it was that, is that cracking a top 10? Is mm-hmm. it like a top 15, top 20? I mean, I don't know what on like a scale of one to 10 mm-hmm. you would give that game, but I mean, yeah. I mean, last year, I think that game would have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think last year we would have been on, you know, our Game of the Year podcast arguing for that game <laughs> yeah. to be ranked I, very high. 100%, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I think it holds a similar place to Stray. Mm-hmm. And last year, OJ and I were both arguing for Stray <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. And, I mean, I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but, like, that's a really, you know, kind of mm-hmm. fun, unique experience as a yeah. game. And I think it deserves that spot. But yeah, looking at Sea of Stars, like that's a really cool game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, there's something special about that game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, in a year where it's going up against Baldur's Gate three and mm-hmm. Diablo four and all these games, mm-hmm. and I keep saying their names over and over again because I, I think people <laughs> need to understand like how deep that roster is this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think just the number of games we've mentioned here, we've already exceeded 10. Mm-hmm. And we're not to the end of the year yet. Yeah. And, you know, that's not even talking about some of these, like, smaller indie games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then and I, we talked a little bit about um, the RE4 remake, but, you know, you've got Super Mario RPG coming up here in just a sure. couple of weeks. And, you know, the, there's all those remakes or, or re-releases that are, you know, Nintendo. Metroid Prime. Exa- mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's a uh, System Shock uh, remake that mm. they did that's like uh, exceptional from everything I've seen about that. I need to play that before the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's like one of those games that falls on the back burner, right? Mm-hmm. Like because you're like, well, I've played, I, I've seen System Shock before, like, sure. and that looks really cool. But I don't know that I need to 
like be you know champion that game in this year i don't remember if they gave an announcement i highly doubt it's this year did they give it a date for the thousand year door remake is that next year sometime i assume it is but i don't, I don't know that know. they've announced a day okay. for that one yet mm-hmm. i think they've just yeah. announced it's coming mm-hmm. okay yeah so it is a fantastic year for video yeah. games huh. I mean, I think that's the overall message from this. And, um, you know, certainly the big AAA games are hitting really big, but also the indie games, as you know, things like Sea of Stars are also hitting really big this year. Um, And, yeah, I I think that's, yes, video game studios staffed up during the pandemic, so that's why we're getting a lot of these. But I think also video game developers have learned that spending a little extra time pays off. Mm Mm-hmm. Redfall. There's the game that flopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think an argument could be made that Microsoft has largely flopped this year. Mm-hmm. Redfall, Starfield was not the, you know, it did not capture the zeitgeist yeah. like they mm-hmm. have in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people were expecting, similar to if we talk last year was God of War and Elden Ring. Uh-huh. I think people were thinking oh, this year is going to be Tears of the Kingdom and Starfield. And yeah. I mean, I'm more of a Nintendo person anyway, so maybe it's the people that I follow are also more Nintendo people, but I don't feel like Starfield reached anywhere near the common discourse of just like all these Twitter posts or people Mm -hmm. playing it on Twitch or YouTube and all that sort of stuff, the way that people were playing Zelda. So yeah, I think it's it's fair. Not a bad game by any means, but Mm -hmm. didn't hit the same way that people were expecting or maybe Microsoft was expecting. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get Zen here and say this year maybe instead of game of the year we should have year of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had that popped up in my head early and I was holding it on until the end, and so I apologize for that. Uh, send your hate mail to uh, <laughs> Justin Young at SAU Day. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate receiving that hate mail. <laughs> Um, OJ said that, not yeah. Justin. <laughs> it's just the emails. You're like, that was a little cringe, and that's it. Nothing, nothing else. A little. Come on. I actually received a an email about the podcast. Like what? Like a, an an hour or two ago. The uh, hate mail's finally coming. We've made it. We've yes. made it. it. It's not actually hate mail. It was a thumbs up. It was uh, a friend of mine from uh, high school and college. Uh, I, I saw him uh, maybe like a month ago. Um, and we, we were talking and it came up that I did this podcast and he was like, you do a podcast. And he was like instantly downloaded on his phone. And I was like, yeah, and I didn't think too much of it. And then he emailed me the next day. He's like, I listened to the first two episodes. (laughs) And so they emailed me today. I was like, I'm through episode 10 now. And I'm like, he's listening to the entire archive history and he's, he's going through it much faster than we're making new episodes. (laughs) That's awesome. So maybe he'll get slowed a little when he gets to game of the year because those were very long episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is a very good year for video games. That's very exciting. Um, I think, yeah, when you talk about um, when you talk about like which games are kind of getting lost in the shuffle, I, I think that's going to be really interesting to look at at the end of the year. I, I feel like this year more than some. In more recent memory, there's going to be a, a reevaluation at some point where people are going to go back this and look at this year and say, 
here's this game that came out that nobody talked about mm-hmm. or very few people talked about because it got lost in the shuffle. Like, can you imagine like being, <laughs> not that I think this game is going to get a positive reevaluation, but can you imagine being Sonic Superstars releasing last week? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you released the same week as like one of the best Mario games ever, uh-huh. as Spider-Man Two, uh, a week out from Alan Wake Two, like poor Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Sonic was set up to fail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's that um, we've talked about it before, but there's that Disney game, the Illusion Island, mm-hmm. that a lot of people have you know, said very positive things about, you can play four players on the uh, same game at the same time. Um, and that's sort of a, a little bit of a Metroidvania without combat. Uh, but like, that's a game I haven't even played yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's also the game that got, got looked over in our entire conversation. It's the one that got looked over last week when we talked about it. Hogwarts legacy came out this year yeah. as well. And it's just like, that's another game that like, regardless of how you feel about, you know, rolling, mm-hmm. that's a game that people we're very excited and we're highly anticipating. That game is one of the best-selling games of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah, there's that baggage along with it. But, yeah, like in any other year, we'd be talking about that game right now. And I feel like that game is not getting talked about mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. at this yeah. point. Well, I think uh, – I, I wouldn't say it was a flop, but I don't think people got everything out of it that they wanted either. Uh, the people that I know who have played it were like, yeah, I played it for a little bit, and then I – I just kind of stopped. I'm, it's not, it wasn't super good. It wasn't like a bad game, but it wasn't good. But I think a lot of nostalgia fueled the sales of that game. Sure. Sure. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or at least the intrigue of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially for, mm-hmm. you know, millennials and who uh-huh. grew up reading those, yeah. those books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We say I'm the same age as Harry Potter. So <laughs> it, it, it framed a lot of my teens, late teens, I guess. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, it, I think that's going to be very difficult as we get to the end of the year thinking about, okay, what all came out? What do I have time left to actually devote some time to mm-hmm. actually play? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, not to change it up completely, that in and of itself would be like an interesting episode just to like go through the list of here's everything that came out this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, even if it was just the like big AAA games, here's mm-hmm. everything that came out. Yeah. Well, um, game of the year, we'll get an yeah. opportunity to do some of that. Like, <laughs> hey, we, we've left out one of the best things that came out this year, the making of Karataka. Like, <laughs> that, you know, in any other year, that's probably on my top 10. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know what I'm going to do with that game. <laughs> it's probably, I don't know if that makes my top 10. Um, so, anyways, let's move on to news because we could talk about this forever. <laughs> yeah. We were just, we were talking, there's only three of us. This will be a shorter episode. <laughs> and we're still on, what are you playing? Yeah. Now we're so anyways, Justin, you've been playing anything on <laughs> Mario Bros. Wonder? Actually have not, other than the conversation we had about uh, Marvel Snap. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to news. Um, this is really kind of interesting. So Arkham Knight um, all of a sudden got an update with a new suit for Batman. Arkham Knight is an eight-year-old game, and all of a sudden they got a new suit for the Batman. So this is the Robert Patterson movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's his suit from that movie, so as a skin that you can add. This is an official update. It is 
in the game as like free content within the game and everything. This isn't like a, a hack or a mod or something. This debuted on the Epic Game Store, um, and then they removed it. And there's been no public comment about it. So what people have speculated is that the game was supposed to come out this week on the Switch. They're, they're doing that compilation, the trilogy compilation mm-hmm. on the Switch, and that they were adding this to that. That compilation got delayed until mm-hmm. next year, I believe. Um, and somebody thinks that they did not tell they did not tell the uh, Epic Game version not mm-hmm. to release that content. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but even even at that, right? Like putting this out on the Switch after eight years, and you're adding extra content uh-huh. to it is like really kind of wild to think about. Sure. And this isn't a game like you would continue play. Like you play it once, once or twice, you go through right. it, and you're mm-hmm. done. Right. It, Okay. This is there's not really a multiplayer component okay. or anything where you're wanting mm-hmm. to show off the cool, you know, outfits mm-hmm. that you have or something. Um, but I mean, I guess I will say that um, it's the original Spider-Man game did continue to get DLC suits um, that were free after its release, okay. right? Even though it okay. doesn't really have a multiplayer component mm-hmm. either. Uh, but not eight years yeah. after its release. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, Ubisoft has delayed a quote unquote large game till next fiscal year. So that's after March 2024. Um, many think this is probably Star Wars Outlaws, though there's no official statement. Um, that doesn't surprise me that that game would get a delay. Yeah. And I think what we just talked about delays are not always a bad thing if it gives more time to, you know, like I said, really shape this game what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always remember Miyamoto's advice that it's better to have a late game than a bad game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Former PlayStation executive Sean Layden uh, has said it's, quote, criminal that the industry isn't doing more to preserve games. He says the industry has a, quote, obligation and responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, we talk on here quite a bit about game preservation is a particular interest of mine. Um, but I, I think this is interesting. This, you know, certainly we've heard Microsoft come out and make some comments about this. Phil Spencer as the head of Xbox. Um, and now we're getting a former high level executive at PlayStation saying the same thing that the game industry needs to do more to make sure that its history, its legacy mm-hmm. is being preserved and made available. Mm-hmm. And that they're failing at it in large part right now. So this kind of goes back to the study that the Video Game History Foundation put out where over 80% of games 10 years or older are non-commercially available anymore. Um, You know, I I think the game industry has to address this. And it Mm -hmm. needs to be a game industry, you know, move. Like this Mm -hmm. needs to be at the level of the ESA to like Mm -hmm. say, hey, we're coming up with a plan to make these games more available long-term. Um, and, you know, that might be through working with the Video Game History Foundation, working with libraries mm-hmm. to make that available, but there needs to be something there so that, you know, a lot of this history doesn't potentially just disappear forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I'm thinking about this, I think about movies. Um, if you like old movie sets have a bunch of old props and stuff from the old movies, they have stories and then they have like the old masters of the films that they can, 
you know, it was in Betamax and VHS, and then it was on DVD, then it was on Blu-ray, and now it's right. streaming, right? Um, it, I, I'm not going to say it would be easy. You can't just, like, snap your fingers and it's done. But something like that for video games where, like, you have a master that can then be switched to newer technology if needed, too, just to make sure that the games are available. Um, and then, like, the the history of it, like, the videos, take videos of people, take all keep people's like journals and stuff. Well, not necessarily your journals, but like, you know, people writing about the stuff like dev diaries. Yeah. That's yeah. And it's so easy to keep those. Like, I mean, you have, you, they take up space obviously, but it's so easy to keep those and just make them available. Um, and like other media type media types are doing it. And it, I do think it is criminal that they're not doing it. Yeah. And I think it'll be, I think feel like we've talked about this before and, how whether or not games move to more digital only releases i know Mm -hmm. we talked about alan awake right Mm -hmm. is not going to have a physical release it wasn't i sort of wonder if they rethink that after the success it seems to be having that is true but i guess to use it as an example still those games that are digital only sure you know what happens when what is it um you know the 3ds and the wii u stores are going down Sometime in April of Mm -hmm. next year or something like that, right? Yep. What happens to, if there are digital only games, like are those just like they cease to exist Mm -hmm. now? And so I think that's, um, it'll be interesting to see how digital only releases play a role in that. Mm -hmm. Or like how, what if there is an answer to the preservation of those types of digital only releases? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think the 3DS is an interesting example, right? Because there's a, a very specific uh, technical limitation to the preservation of those games. So mm-hmm. even if you preserve the digital files for a 3DS game, the hardware mm-hmm. to play that, right? Mm-hmm. Having a dual screen portable system that uh, does 3D, um, you know, that's not quite the same as an NES game, which I can run on anything yeah. that has a screen, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's certainly super challenging, but I I think the game industry owes it to, uh, the consumer. It owes it to themselves long-term to do something with this because, um, yeah, I mean, OJ, you're right. Like the fact that, you know, I, I can watch almost any movie I want. Now there are exceptions, Mm -hmm. right? And I, I understand that. But almost any movie I want to watch, I can find online available now, mm-hmm. right? And commercially to like go buy. Yeah. Like now, there's again, there's some very old movies and things with rights that have clogged up a few movies, mm-hmm. but I can probably find that available. The same is not at all true of a of a lot of classic video mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. If if I want to go play the NES version of Ghostbusters. I have to pirate that game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, thank goodness that there are emulators, mm-hmm. you know, being mm-hmm. written and updated and, you know, developed for that. Um, because otherwise, like, a lot of that would be gone and lost. Mm-hmm. And it, it's particularly important thinking about, like, you know, we live in a, an era of the remaster or the re-released mm-hmm. game. But that game, or Pinocchio last week that I had played, like, those are not games that are going to be remastered or re-released or at least i don't expect them to be uh compared to 
you there's know. the gargoyles re-release sure, but like yeah. that's the exception more than the rule yeah. right mm-hmm. uh you know yeah it's like the marios you know it's it's probably longer than people would have anticipated but like it's not surprising that smrpg is getting uh, a re-release or you know a game that we've got we'll be talking about here in just a minute mm-hmm. you know potentially getting remade or re-released mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah but even something like super mario rpg like Part of the issue there was the rights issue between Nintendo and Square, yeah. right? Like the tie up with that. And so that's where a lot of these games find themselves. Mm-hmm. And so it ends up not making financial sense unless you are the size of Nintendo with the money to like probably throw around and however they dealt with Square with this. <laughs> uh, but like Nintendo has the money and there's the incentive with a game like Super Mario RPG to make that get done. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't exist for a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Even Pinocchio has a better shot because it's a licensed Disney game. Sure. Right? And you have the the Disney adults who will buy anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they did it for The Lion King and Aladdin. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, again, those are the exception that mm-hmm. kind of proves the rule uh, because those things that aren't Disney aren't necessarily getting those sorts mm-hmm. of remakes. Mm-hmm. The Home Alone game is not getting re-released. <laughs> sure. The um, Home Improvement game is not getting re-released. And it's a shame for humanity that that's not <laughs> But, I mean, you know, like, yes, I, I'm not going to go out and spend $10 to buy the Home Improvement game, but I also feel like that game needs to be preserved mm-hmm. and yeah, available. Yeah. Uh, because there is always something of value there for people to go back to. Um, certainly we know as researchers that like being able to access these things is infinitely valuable if you're going to be doing research on video games mm-hmm. um, or even how people you know play and interact with them or talk about them. Um, all right, uh, moving along, um, we are so like determined to get this to be longer <laughs> than last week's with Alicia. <laughs> um, let's see, Squadron 42. This is the single-player component to Star Citizen. Uh, they have announced that it is feature complete. So, in other words, all the features within the game are in there. You can play this game from start to finish. Um, at this point, they are, you know, optimizing and polishing the game and all of that, you know, potentially working on graphics and sound, all those sorts of issues, uh, squashing bugs. Um, it's feature complete. That means Squadron 42 might actually release. We may actually get an official release of something related to Star Citizen. <laughs> Um, Star Citizen, by the way, this is not Star Citizen. This is just Squadron 42, which is a component of Star Citizen. (laughs) Star Citizen, as of now, has brought in over $600 million. $600 million, and they have not released anything. (laughs) They have not released a a, a full game Mm -hmm. of any form. There's a beta you can play, but like $600 million. Mm-hmm. What are people doing? <laughs> what is going on? People, <laughs> what are you doing with your money? Yeah, There's got to be better ways to spend your money. Then, like, I, I don't even mind that you're spending it on space video games, but, like, spend it on a space <laughs> video game you can actually play. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Um, 
There's a rumor out. Uh, this comes from comicbook.com and a leaker by the name of Zippo. Um, and so they gave some credibility to Zippo. So I'm going to assume Zippo has some track record of credibility here that Nintendo is considering remaking Super Mario Brothers 3. This, you know, other than the Super Mario All-Stars releases, this would be the first, like, remake of mm-hmm. a Mario game that I can think of, a, a mainline, you know, uh, this style of Mario game. Uh, obviously, they have done this with the Zelda games, so we did get the HD versions of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. We got the complete uh, remake of uh, Link's Awakening. So it's not like Nintendo hasn't done this before and might not have some interest in this, but it's kind of surprising to see this. And, you know, kind of surprising to start with Mario 3, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I feel like I would rather see, if they were going to do one of those 2D Marios, I would rather see it happen to like Super Mario Land on the from the Game Boy. Yeah. You know, that's one where you can, you know, gave it some different graphics or updated graphics. That's one of those weird Mario games where like the enemy there's like I don't know if there are enemies they ever show up anywhere else <laughs> in the Mario universe other than that game. Um you don't remember battling UFOs in the other Mario games? Yeah, you know that <laughs> dude that like throws the top half of his body at you and <laughs> the Sphinx. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, it is, it's an interesting decision. It would be a bold decision, I think Mm -hmm. as well in in many ways. Um, yeah. I hope that they do this, that they have some fun with it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I I don't need, I don't need Mario three with Mario wonder graphics. Mm -hmm. So like, I think if you're going to do this, you have to do something that really plays with it in some way that makes it interesting because you know that game doesn't look bad Mm -mm. right so like why are you spending the time and energy to do this so like Mm -hmm. i almost wish they would do something like a a very sort of hand-painted style or you know really kind of play with the visual style of the game if you're going to go back and Mm -hmm. and do this with Mm -hmm. it um but yeah i mean you know i'm always Mm -hmm. mario 3 is a very very good game yeah, I love it. Um, I have I have a really good memory uh, from this game. So, uh, well, uh, let me finish before you realize why it's a really good memory. So, <laughs> oh, no, it's a Mario. It's an OJ story. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. So Somebody uh, is going to end up maimed or <laughs> <laughs> emotionally yeah. scarred for yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I was an annoying and weird kid. I'm not going to lie. Uh, and so this game came out and I had a, a quote unquote friend, but it was just a bunch of kids around my age and we all lived, lived around each other essentially. Uh, and so he had rented super Mario brothers three, uh, and I went over there and he, like, he was letting everyone else play a little bit and he wouldn't let me play. So I went home and I, uh, I was really upset and, uh, my dad was there and we, like, we were super poor. Um, so I really didn't own very many video games, but my dad took me to the mall to go buy super Mario brothers three. And so I owned the game, and then he he told me to invite all the other kids over, and he wouldn't let them play, and I could just sit there and play uh, because I owned it. So that was that was why it was a good a good memory because it's a my my dad was super petty, and I thought I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I saw a news thing or not a news thing, but a little story about Super Mario Brothers three 
that said they went into the code and they realized that the slot machines and the little mushroom houses, right. the you, roulette. You sent that video out. Yeah, uh, it's rigged. And so the amount of time that it takes to slow down and stop is different between every time you press the button. So it's rigged and there's no way to like get super good at it and win, which I always thought I was like, oh, I'm just so bad at this. I'm so bad <laughs> at this. Right. But no, it's, <laughs> it was, it was rigged in the game. So if they remake it, they should fix that. Or, I mean, was that done on purpose? That's fair. It's fair. Yeah. So rigged in the sense of like, or like, mm -hmm. if I'm understanding you correctly, that there's just like a random number generator sort of functioning that like, and when you press it, it stops that it's like, Oh, it's going to take three seconds uh -huh. to do it. And if you uh -huh. hit it a split second later or like on a different frame, uh -huh. I guess would probably be the way that it does it this time. It's going to take seven seconds. Next frame. It would have taken four seconds. Next frame. It would have taken six seconds. Is that sort of what it, what you mean? No. Um, uh, from the way that I understand it is that it's, it's not predetermined, but like every time the next one comes up, it's predetermined how long it will take for it to slow down, how many frames it'll take to stop. So, like, um, the next image, like the next, like, third, chunk? yeah, the okay. next, yeah, the next third. Um, so, like, I'll press the button and like 20 frames is when it'll stop. Mm -hmm. And then it determines, oh, it's going to be 24 frames next time, or it's going to be 20, like 35 frames. Oh, next time. I see. Something like that. So, it, it, it changes from encounter to encounter to yeah. encounter. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I, if there is a way to, so I think like you were saying the same thing like yeah, it yeah. is, is a random number yeah. in there. Um, but I, I, I don't think like a tool assisted speed run could do it because mm. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know how Just, predetermined There's not a it consistency is. to yeah. it, at least yeah. from what. From what, what I understand. Yeah, from yeah. what we understand. Okay. So it's, I, it's not Super Mario Brothers 2 where you can just hammer on the A button yeah. and you'll always get one extra life. Mm. Yeah. 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 That, 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 yeah, stuff like that's really interesting. Like people going back and it's really interesting that people are spending the time today mm -hmm. to go back and look at yeah. the code of these games and figure mm -hmm. out like, Oh, when I was a kid, this was extremely frustrating because I could not like get this consistently. And like, no, I couldn't either. But like, I would never think like, well, I need to go dissect the code and figure out why that was. <laughs> yeah, I just figured, yeah, I wasn't good enough or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's really interesting to think about the way these games are, you know, mm -hmm. are made, um, and how sometimes that leads to the way we expect, you know modern versions of these games. I've talked about Celeste before and like how, um, um, you know, Celeste does a lot of stuff with that, like of like kind of cheating to help the player play a little mm -hmm. better. And like, that's really fascinating to look at. And you're like, oh, that's why that game feels so good when you're playing mm -hmm. it. Um, all right. Uh, Xbox had a partner showcase uh, this is basically, they had 30 minutes of just showing trailers for third-party games. Um, so they showed off quite a few here, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, uh, Caro Will Not Die, Still Wakes the Deep, Robocop Rogue City, Dungeons of Hinterberg, Spirit of the North 2, Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater, uh, Manorlands, The Finals, Ark Survival Ascend, that is the remake of Ark 1, that is not Ark 2, and Alan Wake 2. Um, I think all of this was 
pretty much like known quantities. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there was anything that was a new announcement among this. Uh, but it was like in some cases, like with Alan Wake 2, uh, where we were getting like, you know, footage, in-game footage of this being played. I think Metal Gear Solid Delta, that was the first in-game footage that we had actually seen of this. Previously, we'd just seen a trailer. Um, so anything in here stand out to you that you were excited by or that you're interested in after seeing any of the footage from this? Yeah, because, uh, I mean, I've, that's a favorite series of mine, so I, I'm sure I'll pick up like a dragon for sure. So did you watch the trailer for this? I did not. So the trailer for this is that there is basically an Animal Crossing mode. I saw everybody (laughs) saying Animal Crossing mode, and I had no idea what that meant. It means that there is an Animal Crossing mode (laughs) in this game. You can leave and go to an island, and on that island, you can build your own house, and you can go to a store and buy patterns to decorate the carpet and furniture and um, and then you can do tasks for other people who live on the island. <laughs> Excellent. It is. I mean, they just flat out copied Animal Crossing, <laughs> mm-hmm. but with the uh, Yakuza or like a dragon characters and everything. It is. And the thing is, like you're watching it and going, so this they're making an entire Yakuza game that's like Animal Crossing, and then you go, oh no, this is just a mode within this. <laughs> game. This is just something you can do, right? <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't even know if you have to do anything <laughs> that it's showing you. Um, yeah, that that was maybe the craziest thing they showed off here. Yeah, I guess I saw everybody mentioning it on Twitter. I did not know what it meant. I didn't look into it any further, but... It means exactly what you no, think it means. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just before the podcast, we were talking about, like, games being past their relevance of the, like... Um, like the property that it is. And then I'm thinking like RoboCop. That's uh... <laughs> RoboCop is eternal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me talk about this RoboCop game. Uh-huh. Cause I have not talked about this. I played the demo for this game. Mm-hmm. This game is so much better than you think it's going to be. <laughs> this is one of those games that like when they showed off the initial trailer, it might've been this summer mm-hmm. uh, during everything. I think everybody had the same reaction, which was RoboCop. <laughs> like you're making a new RoboCop game. First off the RoboCop games have not been very good mm-hmm. historically. Yep. Um, but two, it was like, uh, like it doesn't seem like there's no reason to be doing it, right? Like mm-hmm. there's not a new RoboCop movie coming out or something. It, it felt weird. This game is really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like they have modeled complete like these very destructible environments. So like when you're shooting and you're in an office building mm-hmm. and you're shooting and the pillars are like exploding chunks of concrete and computer mm-hmm. monitors are exploding with glass mm-hmm. And you can shoot guys and they'll fall through the windows and fall like down out of the skyscraper that you're in. It's like, this is the demo. Like maybe this is a small chunk of the game and maybe this doesn't actually represent what the final game will be. That's a really cool looking game so far. And I'm really shocked by that game. <laughs> what is it? Is it like a third person shooter? No, it's a first person okay. shooter. You are viewing, you have, um, have you seen RoboCop the movie? No. Okay. So like RoboCop, when you're seeing like through his eyes, and so it does the little things like the little targeting. Oh, okay. And it has the little like sort of um, 
you know, like monochrome green um, uh, visuals uh, and superimposed mm-hmm. over that. Um, yeah, this is the people, this is the developer who made the Terminator game from a couple years back, which also got very surprised positive reviews mm-hmm. for that game. And now they're making a RoboCop game that's actually <laughs> seems good mm-hmm. yeah i i joke that robocop is eternal my only real familiarity with robocop is that the game boy robocop game mm-hmm. has like <laughs> the best theme song of all time it's up, it's like it's up there with buck bumble in terms of how good it is um yeah this yeah i, I completely get your reaction <laughs> a robocop game this doesn't feel in the year 2023 why are we getting a robocop game um, but this this developer seems very impassioned with what they're doing. They okay. seem to be going the extra step with it. All right. Well, uh, they did Terminator and then RoboCop. So now I'm looking forward to a Yonoid remake uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> that they're going to do and just reinvent the genre. <laughs> I mean, at this point, a Yonoid game is maybe the least surprising thing I could imagine. <laughs> <laughs> game is the year 2023. Yonoid. <laughs> I would not be surprised at all if we get another Yonoid game. Well, I mean, okay, so just along with this, too, uh, a new story. So um, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love's daughter, Frances Bean Cobain, married Tony Hawk's son. Um, and Riley the, Hawk. Yeah. And the, uh, the uh, officiant of their wedding was Michael Stipe from R.E.M., it's just uh, it's and now most, RoboCop is coming out. It's the most Gen X thing I <laughs> yeah, ever like, imagine. Like, whew, I felt I thought I was thirteen. I was like, oh goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the connection to video games is Raleigh Hawk is in that Tony Hawk Pro Skater yeah. One and Two remake. <laughs> so, I will say, I mean, I didn't watch the Partner Showcase. There are a number of games on here that I have never heard of, so mm-hmm. I'll look forward to watching some of those trailers. Icaro will not die. Still wakes the deep. Manor Lords, uh, not familiar with. Yeah, still wakes the deep. Uh, I don't think it's maybe the best trailer, but that game looks interesting. You're on like an oil platform, um, and it seems to be collapsing around you. But there seems to be something after you, and mm-hmm. you're kind of like going through uh, the internal structure of that. Um, so had a really cool wet look to it. Okay. <laughs> One of those games where everything's wet and you're like, that looks cool. All right. Um, is spirit of the North. Is that a fist of the North star? No, that okay. is, you are playing as a Fox. Oh, okay. Um, and then the finals, uh, the finals was the one I wasn't familiar with, so maybe uh, that was an entirely new one. I've uh, seen the finals. Okay, uh, that's I don't know if it was in beta when I saw it or if it's just coming to Xbox. It's a another sort of team shooter, like an Apex. Yeah, the thing that intrigued me about it from the trailer was it seemed to have very destructible environments. Mm-hmm. So like they were showing like there's somebody above you and you blowing out the floor and dropping them down mm-hmm. and shooting them and that seemed cool. Like it seemed to be, um, you know, some of the mechanics of, uh, what is it? Rainbow six siege. Um, okay. you know, but like extrapolating those into a more traditional sort of shooter environment. Yeah. I know the, the change, assuming I'm thinking of the right game, I'm pretty sure it's the finals rather than it being 
uh, sort of traditional battle royale, you collect money like throughout the game. So like a kill gets you some amount of money, uh, wiping a team gets you some amount of money and you deposit that into like a bank. Um, and so it's, it's not like kills or things like that that wins you the game. It's how much money you have Mm -hmm. at the end of it. And so you can like steal people's money or like sort of get it from them by killing them or like getting all those things. And so it, it has its own little flavor to it, you know, the game of games of service. I know that's what we've talked about, right? Each, you have to have something different and that's the thing that this one is doing different. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know about the money part, but that sounds really similar to, uh, Sony had that first party, like, um, uh, team shooter that they were doing that was about like people breaking in and stealing stuff and everything into levels. Oh, the one that they announced to, Earlier this year. Yeah. yeah. It's from the person that it's from the Assassin's Creed person. Yeah, she, Jade Raymond. Yeah, she she left. Um yeah, I forget what that game is called. I do too. Those are the type of games yeah. I never mm-hmm. remember yeah. until they pop up again. I'm like, <laughs> this looks familiar. <laughs> dollar sign, I wanna say, in the the Yes, it did. Yeah. It, it did have a dollar sign in the name. <laughs> it was something like breakers with a dollar sign on this. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, so like, again, nothing too, uh, mind blowing here, but I mean, I think there are several games here that look interesting. Um, and there's some diversity of games here too, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this isn't all first person shooters, or all games of service. So that's kind of fun. Um, I, you know, Ark is one of those games that I find incredibly intimidating. I don't feel like. I feel like it's the sort of game it has to be your life or you're just not playing that game. <laughs> um, let's see. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis has been rated by the ESRB for PC. So it looks like it will be coming to PC at some point. That's not too surprising. Like you're making a game today, especially as Square Enix. Why would you just not put that game everywhere? Mm-hmm. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, this is the movie which came out today in theaters and on the Peacock, that's the NBC streaming service, um, has a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, question is, is anybody excited to see the Five Nights at Freddy's movie? I feel like I answered this earlier by saying I avoid spooky. <laughs> so, I... I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to it, but I will probably watch it. Um, so you're, are you more dreading it? <laughs> I, I wouldn't say dread, um, but like I was like, you know what? I think this game would actually, it would make a good movie. It makes sense to make it a movie. Yeah, right? I, think, I think it makes sense, sure. Yeah. Um, and so I was watching, or I saw the trailer because like I opened up Peacock and it was the first thing that was showing up there. Um, so I just watched a trailer, and it doesn't look that bad, but 35 and Rotten uh, Tomatoes is, is is a bit. But yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. The trailer made it seem intriguing enough. Yeah. I know I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. But. <laughs> I think the problem for me is they already released that film that was a complete ripoff starring Nicolas Cage mm. that looked like it was made on a budget of like $200. <laughs> Have you, have you not seen that? I have not. No. This is a fairly recent movie then. Yeah. It, it's Nicolas Cage and he stops at like some little roadside restaurant and it's a, a shuttered, 
you know, mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese like, which is the premise of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. Except it really looks like they just got some restaurant and they tried to dress it up like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> like they didn't have the budget for it. I, yeah, OJ, are you looking up the title? I, I, I can't remember what the name of that film was. Um, and I have not seen it. I, I've seen the trailer for that film. It looked really bad. And it has Nicolas Cage? Yeah, well, that's yeah. Not, that's not part of that. It's bad? It has Nick, but I'm just like... Well, I mean, yeah. but like Nicolas Cage at this point in his career is doing like sure. nine of these like direct-to-video uh, yeah, movies w- for every real movie. Weird indie film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Willie's Wonderland is what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> you could have offered me a billion dollars and I would have never even known this movie existed. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that movie, I think, got mostly sort of negative reviews. I don't think it reviewed super well. But, um, you know, if I am thinking of a Five Nights at Freddy's movie starring Nicolas Cage, that actually sounds pretty interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> and this one stars like... Uh, the kid from Hunger Games, Josh Hutchison. That's, I think that that's what I was thinking as well. Yeah, so not nothing against him. Like, he's fine, but um, he doesn't carry quite the fun of Nicolas Cage starring in it. What? You said Willy's Wonderland. I thought there was a video game also called Willy's Wonderland. There might be. There might. I don't. It's not. Like, when mm-hmm. I Googled it, it mm. but it's another similar sort of Five yeah. Nights at Freddy's type of game, but... Mm. I don't know what it's called now. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed Willie's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that says a lot about these properties. Yeah. That, like their mm-hmm. titles you could guess would be terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that movie is now out. Uh, if you are looking for something to watch this weekend and you already have Peacock for whatever reason, uh, you can definitely watch that on there. Uh, for free and not actually go to the theater and spend 10 bucks to see Five Nights at Freddy's. Um, let's see. Asomniac has apologized and patched out the Cuban flag that was in Spider-Man 2. So this is kind of a, a funny, interesting story. So in Spider-Man 2, Miles Morales, his family's ancestry is Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. Um, the Puerto Rico and Cuba flags are extremely similar. So one is a red triangle on the left side with blue stripes, and one is a blue triangle on the left side with red stripes. Mm. Mm. And so apparently somebody developing this game uh, got those confused. They put in the Cuba flag instead of the Puerto Rico flag. Mm. So Insomniac has apologized and put out a patch that corrects it. This isn't... Yeah, there's no real controversy here, uh, but this is actually, I think, good of Insomniac mm-hmm. um, to like make this change. Yeah. You know, we talk about cultural representation is important mm-hmm. for people to see themselves in games. This is them trying to get that right, even though they made a, a mistake initially. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody should be mad at Insomniac. No, please, no, please insane people on social media mm-hmm. do not turn this into something controversial <laughs> this is just a company doing the right thing after a minor mistake was made uh but you know i very much expect to see this on like you know right wing twitter soon sure 
Um, Disney Dreamlight Valley is leaving early access on December 5th, and it will no longer be going free to play. So originally this game, you could pay to play it during this early access period, and then it was going to go free to play for everyone. They have backtracked on that now, saying everyone will have to pay. Um, I'm sure that has something to do with how successful or unsuccessful this game is being, Mm. and I don't really understand which it is because I don't feel like anybody talks about this game hardly. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they're still putting out new content for it, so I do see updates now and then, Mm -hmm. so somebody must be playing it. Mm -hmm. And they must think they're going to make some money. Somebody will pay them to play it. Yeah, I could see it being a popular family game. It's on Game Pass. At least it was on Game Pass for a while, so. Yeah, that's where I... Played oh, okay. it. Yeah. Um, and it was fine. Right. It just, there wasn't, there wasn't a hook there to keep me playing. It mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. the big issue, but like a little kid, I can see really getting into this game mm-hmm. and enjoying it quite a bit. Um, all right. That does it for news for this week. So that just leaves our big question. And our big question as we're headed into Halloween is which video game character would you dress for as Halloween? And yes, I'm pretty sure we've done a version of this before, <laughs> but it's a new year. And so you don't recycle costumes. You're going to wear something new mm-hmm. and different, right? That's the fun of it. So, um, OJ, why don't we start with you? Um, if you could dress as any Halloween or any video game character for this Halloween, which character would you choose? So I would love a really, really well-done Samus suit to go as Samus. And then I would have a long blonde wig, and I could take the helmet off and surprise people. Because for those who don't know, I'm uh, bald, and I'm always wearing a hat. Uh, But if I pulled off the hat and had like the long blonde Samus hair just to surprise everybody, I think that would be a a fantastic costume. And you also want like the slow motion Farrah Fawcett moment where you like just shake <laughs> yes, your head and yes. your long blonde locks go flying yes. everywhere. And there would be a fan. Yeah. Just blowing it. Of course, it. of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, like some rock song plays. In the background. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, 80s pop music in the background. Is, <laughs> yeah. That, that would be funny just if you had like the fan and yeah. the, like, you know, something to play the music and everything. Mm. You carried it so that every time you walked into a room, you did that. <laughs> yes. I can see you walking through this building, just walking into room <laughs> after room. Walking into everybody's office. Right. <laughs> Every classroom. Yeah, yeah uh, that would be great. <laughs> like really d- devoting yourself to the bit, I think, yeah. makes, yeah. sells that and mm-hmm. makes that work. Uh, Mario, how about you? So, I, unsurprisingly, I have gone as Mario for Halloween, but I feel like at this I, point... That surprises me a little. <laughs> does it? Okay. Yeah. Um, at this point, if I were to go as a video game character, it would be the wise old man from Old School RuneScape. Nobody would probably recognize <laughs> who this is. They just think, oh, he's a wizard. Um, but he's got, like, this blue crown and these huge goggles and, like, a white beard and, like, this green cloak this is what he looks like you can't okay. see it if you're okay. listening okay. but yeah um yes that is who i would go dressed up as all right see i i think like for you like i would say don't go as mario go as luigi That's fair enough I, like fair really enough. screw with people's heads <laughs> and then when people are like hey you're Hey, Mario, you came as Mario. You'd be like, I did not. (laughs) I'm somebody different. (laughs) 
all the hey, where's Luigi? Like he's here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have merged into <laughs> one being. <laughs> I, I would say over the years you should go as Kirby, as Link, as everybody <laughs> except for Mario. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty fun. Like if you just went as every character mm-hmm. except Mario. But I guess the the final when I whenever I'm done here, I'll do a Doctor Mario playthrough, and then <laughs> okay. I can that'll okay. be the final. That'll be the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you graduate, you have to walk across <laughs> the stage dressed as Dr. Mario. The little like light on your head and stethoscope and the white coat and everything. I don't think they can make you not wear that. <laughs> but like or you have on your cap and gown and as soon as they hand you your diploma, you like rip it all off and you're wearing that underneath. Well that if the like if the comm department does a uh its own like little small mm-hmm. celebration. Thing. No, no, no. Do, you do have to do this in front <laughs> of all in front SIU. Of everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And there would be like seven people like, oh, he did it. And everybody was like, what the hell? <laughs> no, because <laughs> they would read he dress up as a do- medical doctor? <laughs> <laughs> this is comm studies. <laughs> those comm PhDs are idiots. They <laughs> <laughs> think this makes them a medical doctor. <laughs> he didn't take one anatomy class the entire time. <laughs> where, where are they getting these maroons? <laughs> Oh, yes, that makes it even better. <laughs> um, so my answer is also an obscure character. I, I, I would, well, maybe not as obscure because he, he does show up in Wreck-It Ralph. I would go as Coily uh, from Cubert, uh, so the purple okay. snake, um, which I absolutely, absolutely, I have problems with Wreck-It Ralph. The first one, I think, is a pretty good, like, you know, kids film and everything. But, like, I wish it had done more with the video game aspect. Because mm-hmm. um, what they did do, I think they actually did pretty good. Um, and then they did that terrible, terrible sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of my favorite parts in that is that they make Coily like this very sympathetic character, right? Which originally he's a villain in Qbert, but they make him very sympathetic, like almost like a little uh, sick puppy, you know, because he doesn't have any food and Ralph is sharing the food with them so that they have something to eat. Um, and so I think that would be a, a fantastic character. And Qbert's one of my favorite games. Um, and also I think like dressing as a giant purple snake would be <laughs> interesting. I don't know how that costume would work. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a giant snake walking around. I, I, I don't know how you get around if you're in a snake costume. Maybe that has to be a multi-person yeah. costume. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, I think it was Heidi Klum that went as a worm last year, like a super realistic worm. I don't. That's I, interesting. That, uh, I did not know. Okay. Uh, uh, well, uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I was gonna I'm say, changing like, the sub- subject. Well, staying on Justin's topic, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so Heidi Klum does like really elaborate. I think it's Heidi Klum. Watch me be wrong. But somebody <laughs> did a really, really realistic worm costume last year for Halloween. And I was going to say, you could do a really realistic coiled purple snake. <laughs> I think it becomes unrealistic as soon as I'm a purple snake. But like there probably are purple snakes. Yeah. What like, I was going to say. So it like in all colors in the game, it like bounces like on yes. the coil. Right. I was going to say what you could do is you could like get some like moon shoes and just like bounce throughout it. But like you make it so that the bottom looks just like a coil. 
That sounds like it would be like super exhausting to my legs. I think it, I think it'd be fine, <laughs> especially if I did it like on a day I'm actually like teaching, walking. Around. Oh, that is uh, that is unsettling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what, that's what I'm, oh, I'm that, showing the Heidi Klumberg costume. Is, yeah, stopping. I, did, I have not that. seen it, and yeah, yeah. Unsettling is the wor- proper word. <laughs> Hyper realistic worm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm making a a note here, um, and so we will just <laughs> so working on titles for, time. for this <laughs> podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, I mean, I I think that would be exhausting to hop around campus all day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like that might be a way to pull that <laughs> off. If I was going to a Halloween party where I would be in one location, I wouldn't have to move around mm-hmm. all that much. That might yeah. be more doable. I don't know how Heidi Klum got around in her hyper-realistic worm costume. Oh, I think it was like little tiny baby steps. <laughs> I suppose as a model, she's used to yeah. like weird walking mm-hmm. and sure. everything. So She is better prepared to play a hyper-realistic worm than anyone else. <laughs> Uh, it feels like there's got to be a role for in the MCU for her now. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Uh, see, this is why we need Alicia. Alicia could tell us what is the giant worm character in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Earthworm Jim. Oh, wait, yeah. no, that's a video game, but yeah. Um, I'm sure there is some, like, character yeah. in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, that does it for us for this week. Um, as always, if you want uh, past episodes or more of our content, you can go to slukygames.com. Thank you, OJ and Mario, for joining me this week. Alicia, shame on you for not being here. Um, actually, Alicia is, I think, presenting at a conference, so good for Alicia. Mm, she's in Chicago with her sister. She's seeing yeah. a Sonic oh, concert. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, then <laughs> so shame on you. Shame for shame, Alicia. Oh, oh man. I don't even know if we need to allow her back on this. <laughs> Going specifically well, to a Sonic it's, concert. It's academic as well. Remember, it's it's a Sonic concert, but she's going to get a Malcolm X speech in there as well. <laughs> I think it would be of more value to her if she went to. A sonic drive-in. <laughs> at least she's getting food there, right? Like, at least she will survive. Like, a sonic concert might drive you over the edge, let's be honest. Food for the soul. For Alicia's soul, at least. Maybe not anybody else's. Um, but thank you for everyone listening. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a very good week. Have a very spooky Halloween and be safe out there. <laughs>